Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mediocre Conversations with Tom and Drew. I'm Tom. And I'm excited that you got it right. I excited that I got it right. Yes. Who are you? I'm Drew. There they, it is. They, everyone knows that by now. Especially our listeners in Europe. What's up? We didn't get any new countries since last time, but we're still repping strong in Scotland, yeah. Germany, Poland, Sweden. We heard that some of the Germans might be Evinkos. Yes. And if so, we're even more ecstatic about having them on the pod. So, Aren't you going to do the whole thing about mediocrity and shit? Or are we done with that? Oh, I apologize. I just, I was, I threw myself off with my hilarious joke. This is the only podcast where we can guarantee that the only thing that you'll hear is mediocrity as just exhibited by our me running off the rails and then having to come back. Fucking nailed it. Got it. Yeah. Is it wait? UK's new. Scotland. Well, I mean, oh, wait, no, they were last time. They were last time. See, the United Kingdom, I believe, is four separate political entities merged together. In a larger union, yeah, as you would have it, um, forming mm-hmm. the British government. Oh, okay. It's England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales, if I'm not mistaken. And but even if you are, there's no way I'm going to know. Oh, in that case, it's Russia, Japan, <laughs> South Africa, and Chile. That was my that was my first guess. Second, the second four you would have guessed, yeah. <sighs> yes. How you been, man? You know, good. We don't we don't really talk about that here. Yeah, it's I straight thought. to business well, every let's time. Do that then, so what okay. do you want to talk about today? Oh, uh, Star Wars probably. Sounds good. Ah, sweet. What about Star Star Wars, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> How painstaking oh, can I make this? This is this is a bumpy start. Uh, well, we were we were we were doomed from the beginning with with you forgetting the whole. I didn't intro. forget. I made a, I made a choice. I forgot to come back to it. That's my. I see. Likely but, story. Last time I do it, I promise. I started watching Boba Fett. That has brought up one question. Okay. So far. Okay. in my brain and we'll see where this goes all right so the dude uh-huh. is the dude being boba okay or bulba boba nope boba b-o-b-a yep like boba t he's a warlord gang lord guy right that's the whole deal like he he is now become yes yeah, so the show has some very heavy what i would consider japanese cultural influences in it hmm. so and so y- what I, yakuza yes and so like i'm getting very very strong vibes that like tatooine is now going to be considered like a criminal enterprise like the underground you know the yakuza have like underground japanese mafia right and yeah. <clears throat> um Jabba has now been referred to as a daimyo or a warlord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
Boba Fett is going to usurp his territory and rule his way in Jabba's stead. So, okay, interesting to me. So yeah, yeah. He's, he is forming his own crime family. That's really interesting. And also, there was a point where his sidekick lady, yep, Consigliere, was um, <laughs> was like, they're fets. No, they're huts. If you want yep. to kill them, we're gonna have to get permission. Right. Which is like, I like that sort of organization type of thing. I mean, because anyone can kill you, but like these guys, no, but you don't want to because other people that don't even care are going to hunt you down just because that's how that's the rules Them, them's how we right. do things you know so in the clone wars television show they started first of all showing us more huts yeah and they were very much stylized after like italian mafia stereotypes yeah and so now unfortunate I mean, as long as they're not derogatory, it's okay, right? They're giant, fat lizard people. Oh, yes, all huts are that. <laughs> but like, what I think, so like, I have to. I keep telling myself all the time now when I'm watching these like tropes that Star that Star Wars uh-huh. is putting in, like this is for kids. This is for kids. This is for kids. Mm. Even if it's like, even if it's like the like live action stuff, like yeah. I keep telling myself like it's for someone who's younger than I am, right? So, like, if you put, I think someone our age would look at what they what they did in the Clone Wars, and I'm like, okay, are they being derogatory with how they're showing us the, that the Huts are effectively a mafia unto themselves? How are we going to convey that to someone who's 14 years old? So the way that they did it in the Clone Wars was they kind of stylized the different hut families mm-hmm. as like different aspects of say what you would say Italian mafiosos would look like. So I don't know that there's anything, I don't think that they were trying to offend in any stretch or saying anything okay. racially insensitive, sure. but they were just trying to add a layer to convey these guys are bad guys. They are criminals in this particular way. And now that we have the book of Boba Fett, I think that they're expanding that idea to to include like what we would consider like Japanese or like Yakuza style, yeah, uh, infrastructure or trappings or how they would run their organizations. So, I mean, we have different stylized, stereotypical maf- mafiosas, gangsters, and Yakuza in our world. You know, like yeah. <clears throat> they're all criminals. They're all technically bad guys. I feel like typically in like gangs and and mafia and stuff like the don or the boss especially in now this is complete ignorance because i'm going off of movies and and things put in social media but like yakuza leaders are typically really in good shape and are like gonna whoop your ass if they need to right yeah and to some degree italian mafia is the same way Right, like they're big, but that's because they can they can just punch you to death. It, you know, they don't have to because they all these people get other people to do it. But like, the huts aren't chasing anyone down. No, and not themselves. They, they could smother you certainly. Right. But like, 
they're more of a it's more of a monarchy than anything for them because it's like look they're not it's because of who they are it's not because they are going to overtake you in a battle of right power right in so a, i was i i used to really watch a show called boston legal yeah and it has um william shatner and uh the guy that i cannot remember his name now he's the lead he was in stargate yep. okay help me out blacklist yeah i know who you're talking about okay uh robert <laughs> california uh yes. ultron right what I is his name? i can't believe i can't remember <laughs> I can't either anyways uh uh spader james spader james spader there it is so uh james spader plays this Nailed like really it. smarmy charismatic guy but he's not big he's not in great shape he's certain he's not a threat physically to almost anybody right yeah so he's in a bar and uh, he's talking to his girlfriend and some some uh very large muscly in shape good looking dude comes over and hits on her yeah uh because how could this girl be with this guy right Mm-hmm. and so the, he's like oh excuse me like get the fuck out of here this is you're talking to my girlfriend here and like i'm trying we're trying to have a night out so the guy the guy hits him in his face right Ooh. so there's no there's no point in him swinging back on this like six foot four linebacker-esque guy yeah so <clears throat> he like he's embarrassed he like scans the bar but like the one thing that he has on his side is that he's he's this amazing lawyer who's rich as fuck yeah so he, he sees a group of dudes roughly the same size as the guy that punched him. He goes over them. He's like, hey, I'll give you 300 bucks if you go over and punch that dude in the face. No questions asked. No strings. Here's the money. Just go do it. Yeah. So one guy's like, you serious? Yeah, no, go do it. So he gets up. He goes to punch the guys in the face. Bar fight erupts. Bad guy's friends jump in to help, right? Yeah. So Spader just starts handing out hundred dollar bills like it's nothing. Like here, go help your buddy. Go help your buddy. Go help your buddy. And ensues this huge bar yeah. fight. That's the huts. Okay, that's the huts. I can get on board with that. So the huts control an area of space. Let's call it the southeast of like the galactic. You know, this is what the universe looks like, kind of a deal, yeah. <clears throat> or the galaxy, and far, far away. And they have controlled that area of space effectively since the beginning of time. Sure. The Galactic Republic doesn't mess with them. No one messes with them. Even the Empire doesn't mess with them. So they are kind of a monarchy. Well, so, I mean, the best way to describe it is like, they're all, it's a criminal-based civilization. And whoever's in charge of the biggest chunk of the Enterprise runs that runs the, the society is a criminal enterprise hut space is a criminal enterprise tatooine is basically just a criminal planet then largely because they control it so for whatever reason so huts are basically like huge worms right and so right. they enjoy like damp humid muddy areas like and so their homeworld of now hutta is effectively a huge radioactive swamp that they destroyed by like doing what we're doing to our planet. Sounds cozy. And, yeah. And so that's where they're from and that's what they like. So Jabba picks this like dry, arid, double sunned planet way out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's like, oh, I'm going to build a castle in the desert, right? Anywhere near. Yeah. Right. Not a, not a swamp to be seen. Nary a swamp. Nary a swamp. So... 
so um but like Jabba over the um you know decades I don't know exactly how long huts live it could be up to like hundreds of years he gains control of hut society and he has rivals of course that are trying to knock him off his pedestal or what have you but he's the undisputed it's understood if you want to do something you have to go ask permission from Jabba yeah and so I'm, I'm assuming with like this comment, like, Hey, you have to get permission in order to go knock off a hut. Like the huts were like, if we don't put some kind of, you know, break on this, we're all going to, everyone's going to kill us. Yeah. It's just going to be the next person up. Right. And so they have, and so like this show, the book of Boba Fett is roughly like uh, a scaled down version of like hut society. So like, they have conquered a number of other races, the Nikto, Clatoonians, a lot of the groups and like races that you see show up on the show. Yeah. And so um, they always, they help, they always have roles like bodyguards or like gophers or it's that kind of idea. And so Jabba was able to unite all these different warring factions on Tatooine, which we had never heard anything about, right? The only thing we'd ever really heard about most Isley was that it was a wretched hive of scum and villainy from Boba Fett. Yeah. Well, now Boba and this show is taking place in Mos Espa, which is a different city entirely on the planet. On Tatooine, right? On Tatooine. Pretty similar. They, yeah, like I couldn't they, tell you the difference. They had the same architect working in their cantinas for sure. They even pulled from the same, uh, from the same um, entertainment business. The, get the, the blue signs or whatever bands yeah. to people yeah uh <sighs> those prequel redos really weren't very <laughs> so while i was watching it though i kind of there was a, a fight scene that that went on mm-hmm. and they brought back those green um orc gamorians gamorians looking things yeah. luke chokes one on the way in and i thought that was cool yeah, those are fun fact about one of those guys. He used to be a UFC fighter. His name's Frank Trigg. He used to be a welterweight champion in the UFC, and now he's a stunt double on. Oh. There you go, kids. There's a trivia for the day. But anyway. Gamorians are like the quintessential, like they're stupid but strong kind of like yeah, thick neck bouncer, whatever dance club you want to go to. Right? Yeah. So, and um, <clears throat> while I was watching the fight scene, it was kind of. You could tell it was for kids. Right. Right. Um, which I guess kind of got me thinking now, I guess the show itself is supposed to be for kids, even though is it is it so popular among adults because we all grew up with it? Because like but Mandalorian definitely right. doesn't feel like a kid's show. Right. I mean or I mean there are some aspect like Grogu, baby Yoda right that may have been tossed in for kids but every single adult lost their goddamn mind about it right (laughs) they sure did he was really cute right so like i guess part when i was watching it i was just kind of like oh okay disney owns this i wonder if disney is ever going to make an adult tv show absolutely not for star wars you don't think so they are they are 100 about hooking your kids on whatever it is right sure so jonas brothers the rides the color schemes magic kingdom all that shit 
we are perpetually hooking your kids into whatever we want to do. And then they will be addicted to that shit the rest of their lives, which means that we have got customers for life. That's the Disney model. Okay. I mean, I guess it's worked so far. How do you feel about that? Uh, whatever. <laughs> Did you give me Star Wars? You can do whatever you want. <clears throat> That's the objective answer, everybody. So here's my thing about the the Star Wars version of what we just what we just said, right? So like I would not mind if one of these shows they're gonna be coming out with over the next three or four years was just like like if you and I went to a movie in the movie theater and let's say it was like taken with Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. Like there was some pretty graphic violence in that. Yeah. You know, we watch Rogue One. So like compare that to Rogue One, right? That's the most graphic violence that we have in Star Wars to date. Mm-hmm. What it boils down to is some dude shooting a guy in the back. Yeah. You don't see him. You don't see his body. There's no like, oh, there's there's no gore. Even with the phasers or the light, the laser beams or whatever, they sparks may come out and they may jump backwards. But like, that's the extent. Yes, it's it is toned down violence so that they can market it to people who are of a certain age so you you're certainly not going to be showing something like this to like i mean i wouldn't to like a seven or eight year old no but someone who's 12 13 14 i think they could probably handle it yeah you know and so i mean like so we have a movie here that came out uh in the states years ago everybody probably listening knows it. it's called texas chainsaw massacre okay there's remake uh, i believe the original okay has almost no gore in it whatsoever oh right 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 and yeah there was this huge problem with it when it was in theaters because everyone knew what was happening and and the thing that was happening was terrible but you did not see the thing that it was happening yeah you you saw it alluded to and so yeah it's awful it's i can't watch the film (laughs) i won't watch it so like um I was watching the first time I ever saw it. I was in a group of people. I was with a group of people like 20 strong on Halloween. Yeah. There was two girls that I was trying to like, let's get, let's say date. Impress. Um, And I could not get up and leave and maintain that. Oh, sure. You just had to let it happen to you. So I had to sit there and just be like, this movie is really affecting me on a, a level I didn't previously know I had. So, but like when it was in theaters, people were like, we have to get this out of theaters. And everyone else was like, this is a PG movie by our standards. Yeah. So what do you do when it's the illusion of violence as opposed to showing violence? Mm-hmm. So like, that's the other thing. Like when you were a kid and you were like, hey, I got you. And you're playing with like finger guns or like nerf, yeah. nerf things or whatever. It's the same thing as like when a stormtrooper shoots a Ewok with a blaster it's like oh the the thing just bounces off of you and you just play dead because that's what they're doing on the show i mean they sneak in like star wars sneaks in very adult things like um the ewoks eating stormtroopers so that happened in um that happened that was a that never actually happened so there was a rumor for a long time that ewoks were cannibals and i believe that stems from the like the shows that they did like um i can't remember well, there's a part in the movie where that you just kind of they're around a fire eating and you see and they, they're banging the stormtrooper like yeah yeah <laughs> but but they're like they're probably eating like squirrels or some porgs or some shit and God like they're it. using the helmets as drums shattering all of my i was unaware that you wanted you to eat stormtroopers or themselves but like 
I just wanted an le- extra layer of interesting world building. Make okay. them cannibals. Kids won't know. We we know. I mean, anyway, like, they yeah. won't know. That's so. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, one of the one of the recurring things, right? I believe it was the late um, Obi Wan who mm-hmm. mentioned how the sand people, yeah. Always oh, walking single file That's right. to hide their numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, they did that a little bit in uh, Mandalorian. They did it in this too. They just sort of like something was mentioned offhand and is now carried over decades later. Yeah, because it's just a part of the world. Right. Um, can you think of any other anything else that's sort of done that way? I know it's it's a kind of a nebulous question. Uh, where like someone mentioned it, and like that's just how it is in that world now. Um, or things that you've heard that you would like to see again, sort of a more recurring sort of thing. It just kind of fills fills the world out, which I think is nice. I'm just I'm quickly replaying a new hope in my mind. Yeah, yeah, it'll take it'll take him a minute. He he's got it down. Um, because <clears throat> I think that that's interesting, and they carry those things over to the games. Any sort of any sort of like medium that they use they're really good at those continuity things which i wonder if there has to be a person that their job is just to like know the the things about the about all of the series is and like be able hey guys he wouldn't turn left here because remember uh he, he there was a concussion uh explosion on his left side and now he always turns right because he can't hear it you know like i mean i feel like you could do that i'm sure there's a whole department yeah at, at lucasfilm about it so off the top of my head you've you've actually done something i didn't think possible you've stumped me Fuck yeah with this question so like well, it's a pretty open question yeah so here's what i'll say and it's not a, it's not a it's not the kind of answer i think that you wanted but nah. What I liked about the book of Boba Fett right off the bat was finally we get a look at what Tuscan Raider culture is. Yeah. And this is the biggest exposure that that race has ever had. I was going to ask you about that. If you took everything else that they'd ever done that was canon at any time and added it together, the first two episodes of the book of Boba Fett are at least that. Yeah. So that's as far as I am too, is, is the first two episodes. And yeah. once I figured out what was happening, I was, I was pretty excited to know that like, or I, I was going to ask, but you already answered like if the Tuscan Raiders had and this much s- story written about them or no one knew. And I'm curious if they only exist on Tatooine or are they other places um there it's possible that they exist other places like i know that jawas live in more than one place yeah but i'm not certain about tuscan raiders here's what i know about tuscan raiders tuscan raiders and jawas used to have a common ancestor in the old camp Mm -hmm. um two wildly different evolutionary paths there um I know that they were like a warrior-based culture. 
So here's a fun fact. In A New Hope, when Luke is looking for R2-D2. Yeah. And uh, the Tusken Raiders ambush him. He's looking through his binoculars down at like the Banta that's down there. Yeah. Um, the Tusken Raider goes, and like pumps his yeah. stick up and down. Yeah. In, in When they actually filmed that, and I believe if you watch the documentary Empire of Dreams, you, you'll see the answer to this. The guy that was playing the Tuscan only went up and down once. Uh-huh. And so the guys in the editing room like made it look like he was pumping <laughs> the stick up and down by, by going back and forth really quickly in the... Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of thing, that is one thing that has translated from that film into like the video games like when i played the original kotor games that's like what they do that's how you know right you know that's like so like jaw with you know and like they want it or whatever that you know they make these little like exclamations or what have you and the tuscans go you know they almost have like this guttural grunting Mm -hmm. uh language i i mean and so like i don't know if tuscans are a race or if they're almost like the mandalorians where you can be adopted well into the clan like we know that you can they will teach you right so there's one other if you haven't watched boba well sorry but like they Uh, they teach him yeah they do they accept him right which which is something that i never would have thought tuscan raiders would do so like when it starts out it's like he's kind of like well we don't really trust you we need you we're gonna get you to do stuff for us right Mm -hmm. and then eventually they accept him right so he proves he proves himself and uh like i really thought that was this a very interesting dynamic like so you're bringing boba fett back so you're kind of rewriting his backstory Mm -hmm. and so the way that you do it is you're like what if a clan of tuscan raiders took him in and there was this kind of mutual respect yeah between boba fett i mean chocolate and peanut butter right like you never would have put those two two things together but then like once you did it's like well this one plus one is three here i mean (laughs) like you know so i really enjoyed that the only other thing that i really knew about tuscan raiders is in the old canon they accepted so once again the jedi came and they there was a jedi who was a tuscan raider but he was a human and he was adopted by the tribe okay so a force sensitive Human. Oh, it was still human, but okay. Adopted by Tuscan Raiders. He had a kid. He and the kid both go to the temple at different points in time, become Jedi Knights. Then the purge happens, Order 66. Kid goes back to the Tuscans. He lives as a Tuscan Raider for years, bumps into Kenobi. Yeah. When Kobe was on Tatooine. And uh when Kobe? Did I say Kobe? Kenobi was on Tatooine. <laughs> okay. And um, eventually, he and Kenobi have an altercation. Co- uh, Kenobi beats his ass. Sure. He has, like, a vision through the Force. And, like, he becomes the new Sith Lord deep into the future. Mm-hmm. Like, puts himself in, like, cryogenic sleep. Create Like, moves to... Uh, he moves from Tatooine to... Oh, I cannot believe... I am forgetting so many things now that I'm almost 40. Uh, the Sith homeworld. Um, You've forgotten more things than I'll ever know about Star Wars. All right. Well, he moves to the Sith Korriban. He moves to Korriban. Mm. He has like these visions of like how to reinvigorate and create the next iteration of the Sith. 
Oh. And he be- he becomes this Sith Lord called Darth Crate, which he takes the name from that huge crate dragon that Boba kills. Oh, okay. Or that Mando kills in season two of Mando. Yeah, yeah. So he he, he takes his Sith name from that savage beast, right? Yeah. And he reinvents the Sith Order under his leadership, and it's pretty fucking dope. But like, that's all we knew about Tusken Raiders. Yeah. Now we know a lot more, and it's really cool. I was, I was interested to learn that the Jawas are more uh, mean than I thought they were. They do not give two fucks about anybody that's not a Jawa. Well, yeah, I I used to think that they were just scavengers. Like if you they roll if if you turn around for two seconds, they'll just like come out of nowhere and start picking your shit away and and taking it. But if you turn back around, they'll just scatter away. Yeah, and so uh, I was surprised when they when he woke up while they were stripping his armor off of him and they just beat the shit out of it and they just knocked him out. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was very surprised about that. I thought they would like just turn, you know, turn on their heel and, and run away. But no, they were just like, sit down, bitch. They're going to, I mean, if you're ever around a Jawa, you better have one hand in your pocket because they're going yeah. for that shit. Okay. I remember the second episode of uh, the Mandalorian when they rip apart the razor crest and then he's trying to get the parts back and he's yeah. calling up the, yeah, the yeah. Sand crawler and they blast them off of it with their little ion guns yeah. at the top. And I was like, oh, that's my javelins, man. That's so cool. <laughs> they they are a force to be reckoned with for sure. But I I just thought like once they got the stuff, they're just like, hey, look, you lost it and it's ours, and we're gonna kill you to keep it. But they like, are one of the most enigmatic species that we still have in Star Wars. We know almost nothing about them. Yeah, but like they agreed to put back that dude's ship, all that work and effort, and trade all his parts back if he went and got him an egg. Yeah. You know, like that's, I mean, like, oh, hey, I'll build you a 68 Chevy if you run down to McDonald's and get me a couple of cheeseburgers, right? That's a how good would that must that egg have been? Because they did a lot of work and then they're like, hey, go get us this thing. It's not well, even I like a sacred anything. It was just like, sweet crack. Mm, I mean, good horn wrecked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I just don't think they can get it themselves, right? Like, they sure. Just, it's an impossible thing for them. Man. So it's a treat. It's a real treat. I mean, that's the kind of treat that you just cut open on the ramp and everyone dips their hand in yeah, and just licks just their fingers. COVID be damned, man. Oh, it is. They are disgusting creatures, but they're really fun. <laughs> are there any other like creatures that you want to see come back or that you that we haven't seen that you know exists? So there's one that I know that exists that I wish never comes back. Um, and that's what's known as a <clears throat> so if you remember in the original trilogy Jabba has this weird creepy little alien thing that sits down by his tail and watch it twitches back and forth yeah that thing is called a Kowakin monkey lizard and I wish I never see one again they're monkey fucking, lizard they're just gross as shit it's um yeah it's that thing's wiry named, hair and yeah, it just, it's just it's like uh, it was a cartoon uh, you know when like in cartoons yeah. you would get burnt up or something and it was just like yeah. <laughs> And you're just kind of sitting there all yeah yeah r2 zaps it in like episode six when it's beating up c3po because who doesn't beat up three c3po yeah that thing's name was salacious crumb and they're just gross they're just gross creepy monsters and i hate them i just don't want them around you ever get they ever get the sense that when they were naming things they just put a bunch of words in in a hat all right tim pick a letter out of the hat we're gonna finish this name <laughs> yeah yeah hey huh we're off to a rough start so 
But to answer your question, I'm to me right now. This so I'm I'm a little bit more caught up on the book of Boba Fett than you are. So in this last episode, they reintroduced a bunch of like little Easter eggs that you that I caught, which uh-huh. I'm, not, I'm typically not very good at that. Yeah, and I was jacked that they put all that stuff in, even if it was a cut scene. And like I would much rather they go back, fill in the blanks. And so one of the things that I'm really appreciating about the book of Boba Fett is that it's such a such a scaled down version of Star Wars. It takes place on a planet. Yeah. You see what's happening on a planet. Now, That's in really the nice. films, it's always great because it's like space, planet, lightsaber battle. Yeah, you want to see all these different biomes and different planets yeah. and like all the different weird, interesting things that they can do. Right. But I'm I am absolutely totally in love with the fact that it's like we are going to go a little bit more in depth on Tatooine. Okay, we've been there for 45 years or whatever. Neat. Don't know shit about it. I can name two planets on it. The fact that there are moisture farmers and giant dragons that live in the sand. So like what's going on here because it's a pivotal it's a pivotal planet throughout Star Wars history. Yeah. Let's learn a little bit more about it. Tell that story. I'm all I'm all ears. And I'm just digging it. Yeah. So I would, you know, and if John Favreau and the team and uh, Dave Filoni and all these people who are in charge of these projects now, if they're all just going to be like, okay, on to Kenobi. Okay. On to oh, sure. you know, Rogue One or whatever we're going to do or, or Rangers of the New Republic or whatever it is. If they're just going to tell this story, that's fantastic because they're, or if they're going to get people to do kind of the similar thing and like keep the scale the same that's so neat to me yeah because for so long and we've talked about this star wars has scaled the view of the setting back so far yeah that you're literally trying to look at everything that's happening simultaneously Mm -hmm. and you lose a little bit when you do that so i'm i'm excited that we're now we're, we're you know zooming in on these particular things and even even if we've been around them for 45 years that's great yeah and I mean, doing it this way, because that, like, Tatooine, Mos Eisley was, like, our first place, yeah. right? Yeah. So yep. Open up on Luke and the Twin Sons, right? After yeah, that. yeah. So it's really cool to see all of these different things. And um, they're kind of, you know, going back to the same places that we already know of just a little bit later, which is right. super fun to see. You know, and who doesn't, I mean, I've always really enjoyed stories and like video games where it's like, okay, the, the city of Mos Espa is broken up into five districts of different warring families, right? Yeah. Your end goal is to assume control over all of this territory. Like, how are you going to go do that? Like, that's neat to me. Yeah. I'd watch that all day. Yeah. So I'm, the only thing I'm disappointed about is that this, this show is seven episodes long. Oh, is that it? Yeah, so like that's a coming up on Wednesday, that's the second to last episode in the season. Yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm like, okay, guys, I get it, right? We're not doing 24 episode shows anymore. You know, can you give me can we get to double digits on this stuff? Because like I'm really enjoying myself here. So like let's just keep that going a little bit, you know. Come on, Disney. Can't, can't you afford February. it? Right. They they can they can buy the moon if they wanted to holding on to it and hoarding all that money for themselves. Yeah, sounds like Disney. What if they made a C three PO centric 
TV show. So one of he was these, the main character. One of these shows that they have on Slate is supposed to be from a droid centric point of view. Okay. That talking holds, like a Wally style deal. Well, maybe if it was Wally, it'd be way more interesting, right? <laughs> so um, new Star Wars shows. So while you're while you're looking all that up, there the Clone Wars was somebody got a hold of the nuclear launch codes for some androids for millions or thousands of androids. I don't know how many there were. Those were the clones, right? The, in, clone, the clones the clone are, not, are not droids at all. Okay. They are clones of a, bounty, a Mandalorian. But then there was also a droid army, right? There was. Yeah. So you had the droid army from the Confederation of Independent Systems, which were basically like huge corporations like Google, Microsoft, if they all got their, had their own independent armies and like got together to be like, we don't want to do this anymore. Like corporations on the size of planets, right? So yeah. then they were like, and Darth Sidious was the one, you know, manipulating all of this. Yeah. He says, we don't want to follow these rules. We don't want to follow these like restrictive trade agreements that you have, which is why the prequels showed like this blockade of Naboo, right? Like everyone's yeah. like, ooh, interstellar trade routes. No one gives a shit. And I'm like, what they are talking about is they are giving reason to why this effective massive corporation would do something like this that's the point so um these groups come together they secede from the government they have their own army turns out that um one of the jedi from 30 years before this had gone to camino and commissioned a, a clone army yeah in secret and yip, you know here here comes the battle of geonosis the droid army is out there fighting doing ready to do stuff kill obi-wan and and anakin and so then here comes yoda with the clones right okay okay now we actually have a conflict because at that point the the government the republic didn't have a standing army mm-hmm. so i found what i was looking for um, one of the upcoming um, shows in production is called A Droid Story, and this is the synopsis of it. Two of the first characters ever to appear in the franchise, C-3PO and R2-D2, have, a, have had a special place in the hearts of fans for almost half a century. In this newly announced show, which is said to be in early production, very early production, the pair will be joined by a new hero who is yet to be announced, although we're hoping for a return of BB-8, which would set it in the sequel yeah. trilogy timeline. Being said to push the boundaries of visual effects and animation, we're excited to see more about the show. However, with so little to go on, we'll just have to imagine what kind of scrapes the unlikely pair will get into, and if they're not, they have as if they have not been through enough. Like to me, okay, we're we're you lost me on the paragraph. Like point of contention, C three PO is not a beloved. Yeah, uh, but the the people that own C three PO are not going to say that he isn't beloved. So sure, right. So like. I'm sure there are people out there that love C-3PO. I just never met any of them. But, you know, to me, I'm like, so they did a couple of things like this during the Clone Wars. Like the droids would get up to like hijinks or whatever. Right. Like one of them was chasing down like some fruit that Padme needed for like a dinner she was throwing. And I'm just like, uh, this this might only be 19 minutes long, but it feels like the rest of my goddamn life. You know, <laughs> like, like, 
I don't care. It's like literally there's like one point where like they go through a car, like a Star Wars version of a car wash. And I'm like, I can get none of this time back. Where, when does the force happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and this seems like a live action version of that. And I was like, I'd rather watch the cartoon one. Sure. You know? Are you still so, going to watch it? No, I probably won't. No. I mean, like, will I watch it? Yeah. But like, am I going to like it and probably like watch it like the fucking second that it comes out, you know, yeah. or whatever every week? No. You know, and if I'm like, God, it's Sunday. It's kind of my relaxing time. Like, what do I want to do to finish off the day? I could watch an episode of Droid Story. Eh, let's go to bed 30 minutes early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so what is, so as someone who, let's say, you know, isn't as in-depth with the whole Star Wars lore, uh-huh. what is, what is some of the, the fun things about the Book of Boba Fett that have, stuck with you thus far um well basically what you've said that you really enjoy about it taking like a single spot and and zeroing in on that i really liked uh so far learning about the the tuscan raiders and something that we haven't seen very much uh anytime we go to a new town even though this one's pretty similar it's always interesting to me to kind of see how that town works because every town seems to be different Mm -hmm. every at least every town that we've seen for the most part now this one we haven't seen a lot of it other than like it's funny how they were talking about how the uh, the huts always are carried around everywhere on their litters yeah yeah, (laughs) and so they're like you gotta you should it's a point of pride around here to be carried around and he's like uh i'm gonna walk And that's sort of like where I was coming from of like, you, don't you want to look like you can beat somebody up? But I guess it's better for everyone to know that they can just pay somebody to have you erased from the world. Let me ask, uh, I have one, I have one, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I, please. Have one, I have one question that I'm kind of dying to know because one of my new favorite characters from the show is the like lieutenant of the mayor, this like pink Twilik guy. Yeah, who who always seems to have like an excuse or a lie right at hand. What do you think yeah. about that guy? Because I I, I, think I want him to be on screen so much more. It he has a really good way of of like passing the um, responsibility onto you, right? Because like he shows up first day, and they're like pay tribute, and he's like ah so so sorry like awkward conversation incredibly deferentially sorry that i can't do that for you i cannot tell you how sorry i am so what about your tribute i'm so (laughs) so sorry i i I still wasn't sure like i thought we'd circle back on your tribute you know and he seems very uh, very good at playing the uh, at, at playing like the, the just the sorry groveling dude. Oh yeah. But like on your behalf, sort of too. Like he'll start apologizing for you to him while he's talking. Just like ah, guys, I'm sorry. I think I misspoke. You owe me money. I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry. You didn't understand. You heard me wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. A thousand apologies. A thousand apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I love it was a really guy. interesting scene. That that uh, scene at first I hated him, but then when I saw what he was doing, I was it's really well. And then the second time he shows up, it's sort of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he talks like somebody who like knows that he works with a dude that can just erase your memory from right. from the annals of history, <laughs> and like he doesn't want to do that. Uh, he's really he it, it pains him if that were to happen to you. And he's telling you to be careful without telling you to be careful, you know? I just, I think that, I mean, that guy has been like, he might be my second favorite thing about the whole show right now. Like, yeah. We do get to see him a little bit more in future episodes. And I'm sure. just kind of like, uh, this guy is, I just, I love the way he talks. Like what you said, it's like, I'm threatening slash apologizing to you in the same breath. Right. Yeah. Like, I just think that the way that they wrote the character and the way that the actor is pulling it off is just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I thought I, when I was watching him, I'm like, Oh, Tom's going to love this. Guy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't at first, but he grew up, he grew on me for sure. I think it's interesting that they have a mayor in that town too. Like there's some sort of hierarchy, but there's still the mob bosses. There's more than one in there. Right. And he just, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. So it's a very interesting, again, wild west ish right mm-hmm. i mean is that how like the yakuza work right they have in a in a town or a city they have certain territories and whatnot so i so here's i mean i watch my fair share of quote-unquote gangster movies right like sure. one of my favorite like shows is a is a show called that was only on for like eight episodes it's called the black donnelly's it was on nbc oh yeah and so that that takes Marsh. place i believe Yep, it takes place in uh, I believe Boston? it's Boston. Boston. And the, the yeah, I can't do the accents. I wish I could, but like the family is what's known as Black Irish, right? Or there. So in history, there was a bunch of Spaniards that got blown off course, and they ended up landing in Ireland, and they and they live there, uh-huh. and that's they're referred to as what's called Black Irish because Irish typically have red hair. These people have black hair, so they're Black Irish. And so it's a it's a family of like four boys and their their father gets killed. And so they kind of like the reluctant son kind of picks up the mantle and they start their own criminal enterprise effectively. And it's like protection and extortion and this kind of stuff. And then so like they the problem that they have in the show is that they are basically like the other Irish mobsters want the business that this family used to have sure so they're not only fighting against the irish they're fighting against the italians and the chinese and all these other like what are effectively ethnic groups right yeah and so whether it's the yakuza or like the italian mob or basically underground criminal enterprises anywhere the world over like i've always thought of it as whatever family or group or clan can get their hands on whatever illicit activity they can gambling prostitution mm-hmm. drugs whatever sure. someone else someone else out there wants that money and like so whether or not it's like you control like west 94th street to 138th or if it's like i just run prostitution in this particular like yeah like suburb or province or what have you like there's always going to be quote-unquote territory or business that someone's going to run that you wanted to be part of. And so Jabba at least had enough control to force everyone else to give him money. And so now what we have is 
Boba, who's rich because he was the greatest bounty hunter the galaxy's ever seen. So he's rich. He's rich as you can possibly be. Like he's so rich that he walks into a, a restaurant in Tatooine, and they they're like, "Hey, can we clean your helmet?" And they fill it up with money. Right. And I'm like, "Dope." <laughs> I that, wish I could go to that restaurant. I'll bring a hat. Were they just like honoring him as the new mob boss in the area? Yes. So that to me, that was basically like, so that that woman who runs that cantina, the actress's name is Jennifer Beals, who was in Flashdance. Oh, okay. She's the pink Twilic lady that's yeah, on yeah. the show. Um, I get the, I very much get the feeling that that cantina is like Switzerland. It's like, hey, everybody can come. It's the Continental. Here. It's the continental. And so we're gonna we're gonna be respectful of you know these daimyos that stylize themselves as like these crime bosses, right? Sure. So if we need to if we need to fill up your helmet with credits, we're gonna do that. Or if you want to come and gamble, or if you just like the music, or if whatever other illicit activity, like running spice. Yeah. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do what we can and yet kind of maintain our own neutrality. Sure. You know, Boba, we don't choose sides. Right. Boba is very much was very much saying, like, I'm here to protect your business interests and to do and because I'm providing you the service, whether you ask for it or not, you are going to pay me in order to do that as like mm-hmm. an outside consultant or what have you, right? Yeah. You know, and so in the you know, in some later episodes, we see an expansion of this idea where Boba starts to get into um different aspects of like say most espa culture and so and then sure. how does it play from like his crime lord perspective so i would love it if the show was a little bit more about like that side of it a little more black donnelly's oh yeah bit, yeah and a little bit less like um we're just talking about everything so i get the idea that these last two episodes are going to be pretty action-packed Sure. Because there's been a lot of talking from the galaxy's greatest bounty hunter so far in the series. So not that I dislike that, but well, I mean, his whole thing it. is, is since he survived, you know, at, once he got out of the Sarlacc mm-hmm. pit, there it is. Fucking nailed it. You. You he's just it. been, tra- he's just wanting to get back to successful. Right. So he does expound upon like why. So like uh, his number two there, his uh, consigliere Fennec Shand. Yeah, she's been like, you know, so pe- everywhere everywhere he goes, people are like, "Hey, you're a bounty hunter," and he's like, "I am not a bounty hunter anymore. Like, I am a crime lord. I am the daimyo here. That is the sure. new reality. Everybody, fill up my helmet with money." So she's like, "Why do you want to do?" There's an episode where they had, like kind of go into the motivations. Uh-huh. She's like, "Why do you want to do this?" So he yeah. tells her yeah you know and so he's like this is the reason you know and it's like oh, okay i could kind of see that you know and to me it very much feels like his time with the tuscan raiders he he very i think he like if i had to like write a like a scenario of like what boba fett's like profile is here yeah. he's looked at the getting out of the sarlacc pit as like literally a second chance at life he's had this experience with the tuscan raiders where he's finally found it i mean bounty hunting is a lonely trade yeah i mean we saw that in mando and so like he's he's had a family now and now he's going to translate that thing into a criminal enterprise which he's been extremely familiar with because he hung out at java's palace like all the time 
He was Java's guy, right? Yeah, he was on retainer. I mean, like that's a that should give you some idea of how wealthy and powerful Java was. The the galaxy's greatest bounty hunter is just on retainer from this yeah. guy. I mean, that's big. How how did that work after he died? Not died, but he was like captured and and unconscious for a very long time. Once he gets back on his feet, like does he, does he just have like a Swiss bank account somewhere? Yes, counting the Cayman Islands that he can just go and. Yes, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but the but the equivalent of what so you're he was able to get back to his uh, wealth. Boba Fett would be like uh what's the guy that runs amazon bezos yeah he's jeffrey. like jeff bezos is funny to boba fett oh sure that's how much money he has so yeah. like <clears throat> um like in the uh so there's this i think i've said this before on the podcast but like in the old books um yes there is this scene where like he is on a bounty hunt he's tracking someone down much like mando did in all of his episodes and so he flies into this planet and like his ship, this um, what used to be called Slave One, which um, Disney is now having a huge problem with, like the naming of it. And they don't want cancel culture to ruin them. Sure. So Boba is flying Slave One to this planet where this person is that he's going to track down and bring back. So he flies in and like he then like hooks up to their internet connection or whatever, right? And like plugs in. And he gets all this like data that's coming or going out on the planet. And he sees that like real estate is way down here. So he's just right. like, he's like that's flying right. in on, on, you know, vectoring in on his approach or whatever. And he's just like, I'm just going to transfer like a billion credits over and buy up a bunch of this shit. And like, it's going to be a good investment when the market goes back up. Like that's the, sh- that's how fucking rich he is. Sure. He's just like, Oh, real estate's down to industry. And then he just <laughs> like buys it all up. And he's like, now I'm going to go drag this guy and put him in carbonite. Yeah. So like, they're clearly bringing over the fact that he's still rich. So like when he pops out of the sand mm-hmm. and he's getting back on his feet, now he wants a transition. He has the one resource that anyone really needs to become a successful sure. criminal, which is sure. a shit ton of money. So, and then, you know, that buys a lot of things. It buys political influence. It buys muscle. You need people that are going to, you know, break a leg or punch a dude in the face for you. Yeah, and then it just snowballs. Now I know we've talked about this a little bit, but Mandalorians—they're not inherently bad people, right? They're bounty hunters. Anyone can have a bounty, whether it's hey, this dude stole from me, or hey, I I don't like this guy and I just right. want him dead. I could put a bounty on you with the guild to be like, I don't like the fact that this guy moved to L.A. Yeah, sure. Bring him <laughs> back to me. I'll give you a thousand dollars. And someone would be like, neat, sounds easy. I'll go get them. So they skewed bad. Right. So the way that I look at it is, here's a culture that just loves the UFC, right? Okay. It's violent. You got to kind of dedicate your life to like learning the trade. Yeah. And then like, but does that make you a bad person? To be a UFC fighter? Right. No. So the Mandalorians take it a step further, right? So like the very first episode of Mando, he goes to this ice planet and he meets sure. like Horatio Sands or whatever. Yeah. And then the dude. dude's like snooping around the ship and he's like, okay, no more snooping. I'm just going to freeze your body in metal. Yeah. So that's the step. That's the extra step. But like, it's a culture very much based on the martial 
aspect of living like okay life and death is a struggle we base our existence upon being able to win that struggle i guess it's interesting i get the sense that in star wars crime is just sort of another way of life yes like it's not necessarily bad i mean I, i guess it is but like we don't you don't have you don't have people go into Tatooine to crack down on that shit. No. And you kind of only do in the big planets or the more centralized planets where there's more of a military and government presence. So I want to use your Wild West analogy from earlier here. Yeah. Almost everything that we see now in Star Wars, the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, take place in what's called the Outer Rim. Yeah which is effectively the wild west like there is no structured government out here it's lawless and like the only code that keeps anybody alive is the code that everyone kind of agrees upon in whatever community they've founded yeah and so we are we are past the days of looking at the highfalutin culture of say the jedi order and the, the elite one point one percent it's true and now we are out here on the fringes. So it's, have you ever watched the show Firefly? Yeah. That's a very similar thing to what we're, we're watching now. Like this is like, we're scraping by one job at a time. Yeah. And like good is a relative term. Yeah. Cause like, I keep thinking he's an anti-hero, but is he? Because that seems to just be like a normal way of life there. So when you say the word anti-hero, what I hear is like a bad guy who's who's that only doing bad for. things to bad. Yeah, who we root for, right? So to for. me, the default anti-hero is Dexter. Sure. From the show Dexter. So he was only palatable because this super traumatic thing happened to him before he had a chance at, like when he lost his innocence, right? Right. He never had a chance. And then the horrible things that he's doing he's only doing to other horrible people so where's the harm so everybody has that inherent kind of like vengeance is justice vibe going on in them right like these horrible people did all this horrible shit maybe they should taste a little bit of their own medicine so that's what dexter did and so if you were playing DD, i would think that boba fett would be like chaotic neutral so you would he is like someone who like lives by their code that they make up themselves uh-huh. that i mean you might say the morality influence on the code might be a little light yeah. but like it's he also yeah. is living in a world um or like a sphere of like if it's very real that if i if, if i don't kill you you're gonna kill me for whatever reason yeah for what's in my pockets you know and so like i think I mean, so what I think about in real life when I think about like what Boba Fett's doing is like gang life. Like he doesn't really have a way out of doing it. He grew he up does. in it. He absolutely does. He has right. enough he has... money now. He doesn't have to do any of that. Right. So like he could go like Tom... open up an orphanage planet somewhere. He could very easily. So like Tom Brady just retired from the NFL, right? Yeah. He has more, he has more money than God. Okay. Tom Brady can, can, I mean, the thing that he wants to be more than anything else and the thing that he'll want to be for the rest of his life is a quarterback in the NFL. Sure. So the same thing with Boba. Like he's, he is a bounty hunter 
at the core essence of who he is. It's this, the the bedrock principle of his self identity. Mm-hmm. So even well, he's good at he, it. He is good at it. So even if he could, he probably won't. Right. So like that mentality, I think, plays a big role in like like a gang member being like, well, I grew up in this, and like this is my only way out. What do you want me to do? Work at McDonald's and make like yeah. $87 a week. Like I can't live on that. There's this, uh, this book series I'm reading the gentleman bastard series. Oh, I've heard uh, of that. Yeah. Lies of Lacamora and, and mm-hmm. all that. And I'm on the second book and, and two, it, they, the, the book is just basically them doing grifts. They just go from, and I, I love that, uh, trope. It's really great. I've, oh, I've, yeah. I've discovered those but are fantastic books. they're talking and one of them's like this is huge so like after this we won't have to we won't really have to pull another job anymore what do you mean and he's, like, and he's like uh fuck else are we gonna do then right like sit <laughs> around all like, that no yeah sure we don't have to but like we probably should right mm-hmm. once we're done with this so um i recently watched the movie john wick 2 for the first time no not okay. for the first time but okay. there is um there's a character played by um rose mcgowan no it's uh she played batgirl for a season oh don't know who that is yeah so anyways she plays a deaf assassin basically right she signs oh yeah sign. and so um they like her, be rough. Her, her yeah i would imagine to be a successful deaf assassin correct you but, never hear you coming. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible. I laughed at it. But like her, like the, through the whole film, the thing that I got that I took away from her character is she's probably she's getting paid to do a job, right? But what she really wants is to kill John Wick to be known as like better than him. Yeah. You know, and so like I've always loved those characters. They're mostly bad guys in stories that it's like. Uh, so like the joker in a dark night right like he's he meets the italian mobster and he's got this huge pile of money in a warehouse yeah and he's he like lights the cigar and throws it. he's like i'm only, only burning, burning my hand yeah you know and i'm that's like, good that's good thank man. you yeah you know and so i'm like you know when he because it does not matter to the joker yeah that there's a billion dollars in a stack line and what he cares about is doing what he wants to do and so whether it's that kind of like and i like that idea push to the extreme sure like i need to be better than you to be known as the best bounty hunter it's worth my life i don't give a shit what you're paying me i would take the job just to try and kill you i'm going to burn the money in front of the italian mobster because i'm going to take over gotham you know on and on and on with this kind of idea i love that shit sure so like i'm very excited that we're going to put some of this like boba's got this mentality now where it's like I can't get out of the game. The game is the game, and I'm in the game, so I have to play the game to the best of my ability. It's a lot of game. Yeah, it is. So I watch <laughs> The Wire every so often, and they they must say that word to reference like criminal enterprise culture three times an episode. Sure. So, <clears throat> so great show. We're uh, we're we're like carrying up or carrying over, bringing star wars itself to more of like a present day and or after the star wars that we know not really present day because this takes sure. place for somehow millions of years in the future and the past at the same time with uh well it only takes place in the future because we don't have lightsabers right so the technology is way better yeah 
but it took place a long time their ago. Their clothing is much more simplistic and yeah. no one there are there are no like J. Cruz or like Dolce and Gabbana. They got very specific history books. Yeah. And it skips a good amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh are you interested for them to like make movies again after this? After this era where because they're they're sort of like doing this thing where they're filling in gaps between certain certain movies and like the timeline goes up to the most recent movie and the Mandalorian is after that, right? And then so the or, is this, or is this between yeah, a this certain is between time the period. original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. Okay. So like Luke blows up the second Death Star, he redeems right. Vader. A couple years go by. We get the Mandalorian. We get the Book of Boba Fett. Right. Then we get the First Order, Ray, Kylo. All that's yet to happen. So, are you are you looking forward to? Are you liking the sort of time period that they're that they're connecting between the movies? Or are we wanting? Are you wanting them to go beyond and like so, have it be new day day material? Anything that is not the Clone Wars or like the Empire, I'm up for at this point sure they have they have existed for almost five decades in this like i'm gonna call it a single era like Mm -hmm. basically the empire and what preceded it and yet they reference things thousands of years before and after yeah this area of time and so it definitely feels safer to write the stories in between because you know the references you can make right and like the things you can foreshadow like if they were to, if they just popped off and made a tv show canon that takes place after the the most recent star wars movie then they're just like well we we got to be careful what we do here because that's just that's just star wars now that's that's right. just part of it if we if we and fuck I'm- up you know I largely think that that's the reasoning behind why visions is not canon. Sure. So some of that stuff should be, some of that stuff was just spot on. Awesome. Yeah. And some of it was clearly like, okay, just having fun. Right. So like to answer your question directly, I am really, so first of all, the content that they are creating between the Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So. Right. We are, know if it's good, you'll like it. Right. But they are still doing the thing that they always do, which is to say, you know, roughly when this takes place. Yeah. And we will, we will drop hints about what's going on everywhere else. Every third episode. Thanks. Yeah. So Marvel did that too. Marvel TV shows. It is a, yes, they did. And so it is a very effective system for telling stories based upon scale. Yeah what they're doing which i i have a problem with so like do you ever watch the show the sopranos some of it yeah so at the end of that show spoilers 10 years later um uh at the end of that show someone walks in to kill james gandolfini's character right in this restaurant you hear a gunshot fade to black you don't know what happens bullshit right like i am so it is not neat it is not cool in my opinion to not finish a story yeah if you are if you call yourself a storyteller whether you're making movies writing books video games whatever it is 
There is a beginning, a middle, and an end. And you need to come through on all of that. And if you bitch out because you don't, you're worried that people aren't going to, you don't like want to make a choice of those, right? You don't want to make a fucking choice about it. Like, don't ask me to watch it. Yeah. You know, that's my take on it. So, like, I would rather, and I would be more supportive of something that's like beginning, middle, end. Let me decide if I liked it. And you are taking a risk than being like, we're going to play this safe and we're going to give you 85% of the story and you figure out the other part of it. Right. No, thank you. So like now star Wars has done this in subtle ways. Like, Hey, the first order just blew up this planet that we called the capital of the galaxy, except that it's not Coruscant. Why is the planet that's the capital of the galaxy, not Coruscant? Can we answer this question? Oh, no one wants to take that ball and run with it. Seems like a bitch move, everybody. (laughs) So like, I very much would just like, so like the thing that I really think emphasizes this in The Mandalorian is when those two New Republic X-Wing pilots show up all the time. God damn it. And it's like, oh, we killed the ice monsters. Oh, we- R2-D2. Right. So like we, um, you know, they're the I win button. And like every once in a while you gain like a little glimpse of what's going on in the larger galaxy from those guys. But everything else about the show, Star Wars just doesn't want to tell the middle story of what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. It's either we're way back and we're doing 30 years in like a single trilogy, or we're going to tell day to day what's happening on a most Espa. Yeah. You know, and it's, I think that it's, I mean, like whether that was George Lucas back in the day or now that Disney owns it, because that, that, I mean, not taking a stance is something Disney is fantastic at. Sure. It's why it appeals to so many people. So not pissing anyone off by taking a stance. That's only ever, it's only going to get worse if you take a stance. And if you, if Disney takes a stance and something happens, I mean, like they had, um, I cannot remember the actress's name. She played Cara Dune in the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah. She said, she said two things on, I mean, like, I don't agree with what she said, but like, she said two things on Twitter and they canceled the fucking television show about it. Yeah. So, I mean, like they are clearly like, we need to protect them dollar signs. Right. And we don't want, I mean, they, what they don't want is controversy. And like, when you, when you make a decision, when you commit to something, you know, that is when people can be like, Ooh, I don't like what you committed to. And that's what they want to avoid. And if they can figure out a way to get your ad revenue and get your likes and your clicks and your tweets and all that kind of stuff and have you tune in for the Nielsen ratings, they're going to do whatever's, you know, the most effective non-committed thing that they can do. And we just happen to love it. So, but I would like them in some way, shape or form, whether it's through like, no one reads books anymore, put it in a fucking book. I'll read it. Like, yeah, you know, like do it like that, like hide the message or whatever. I don't care, but like put it in a book. I mean, like I'll read that book and enjoy it. Like you don't have to be, you know, to be scared about, you know, coming down and actually telling the story. You think that they could release books now and as Canon? They are. I mean, are they? So when they, after they bought it, there was a book about um, like what Leia was up to that I couldn't get through because I just didn't care about Lando Calrissian at like 85 years old flying to some mining colony. But um, not stopping to, not, he wouldn't shut the fuck up about back in the day. Oh man. He just kept talking about that shit. I mean, if they get down to ship. If they get Donald Glover to sign on for like a Kenobi, young uh, young Lando series, oh yeah, that might be the best show they could put together. 
That dude, I'm watching Atlanta right now. That guy is so unbelievably talented. It's It's stupid. He's like Tesla, you know, like it's like, hey, I thought I'm already a good actor and a singer. I'm going to try comedy. Oh, looks like I'm amazing at that. How about nuclear physics? I bet I'll be pretty good at that too. (laughs) Yeah. So you ever get tired of knocking it out of the park every fucking at bat? No. Yeah. Hey, Donald, when was the last time you failed? Yeah. What's, Having what to does go that to mean? Sleep at night. I mean, I like, can we figure out a way to keep this guy awake? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fail. Yeah. No. It's just like every minute that you're unconscious is a loss for humanity. I mean, we just right. need to figure out a way to continue keeping you awake. Like, just pump a full cap. He was on a he was on a TV show, a talk show. He's like, mm-hmm. I went by Don Glover for the longest time. Dong Lover. I I had that. Sh- I received mail with that on it this is i couldn't believe it yeah i mean there are some people i know two of them who could say anything to anyone yeah and get away with it yeah he he can do it in the national media oh my god you know and like put himself out there and people are like donald uh. <laughs> oh you so uh. i mean yeah, that would be fantastic if he he signed on for Orlando. I don't know what he's up to now. Somebody sign a petition or, or give him as much money as he needs. Favreau. Yeah. Oh god, can you imagine the collab between those two guys? It would be great. Hilarity. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop. Excellent for the day. I think I started out by saying we're not going to talk about Boba too much, and then that's all we talked about. But people, people, based on the analytics, some of our Mandalorian podcasts are the stuff right. that people like the most. So that's right. And uh, if you didn't like it, uh, we hope that you just didn't. You didn't not like it as much as you liked it. Right. So, and if you don't like it, remember email us at Tom and Dan <laughs> at otherpodcast.com. Yeah, and if you send it to remotely friends, we're gonna set up a. We're gonna set up a, just like a quick uh, forwarding system so that yeah, does right into the into the junk mail, right? That's right. So. <laughs> uh, but if uh, if you do have anything to say, if you if you have a question, if you want us to talk about a particular topic, yeah, if you want to give us your experience with Star Wars, please email us. Feedback we love on what them. we're doing. Yep, feedback on what we're doing. Positive feedback on what we're doing. Yeah. Um, mediocre conversations at gmail.com. We have responded to every every request every that we have received to date. So it might take us a week, but you know, and then we got to post that. But otherwise, we're going to answer those questions. So we will commit to doing that. Just need to hear from you. Yeah. And uh, we'll just talk about it ad nauseum until uh, until you want us to stop. Until, yeah. And until the time's up. Or if there's something you don't think that we could talk about in Star Wars, go ahead and hmm. give us a little challenge. You don't think we can talk about it. So you mean like you two clearly could never reach consensus or figure out topic X? Or try talking about the weather patterns and how they were affected by the obliteration of a planet. Oh. There would be no more weather patterns. You're welcome. Uh, there would be in by in other planets if they were in the same uh, uh, orbital space. They could affect me. it. You got me. 
<laughs> Point Tom. Ah, nailed it. So send us but that's email. it. We'd if you made it this it. far, yeah. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. May the force be with you. And also with me. <laughs>